0: Hey guys welcome to the happy hour who doesn't love a good happy hour i'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care mental health and life this podcast is designed to encourage educate and uplift each person that listens i'm coming from both a clinical standpoint and a personal point of view to discuss various matters the happy hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through you can turn your obstacles into triumphs so go ahead and like, share, subscribe, follow, do all those great things, but just make sure you also listen. Hey, 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 guess who it is? Your favorite host and creator of Happy Hour, self-care, mental health, and life. So I hope you all are doing fantastic today and I hope you had a fantabulous week and I hope your weekend is amazing. So today I wanna to introduce someone I've known for a couple of years. I've seen her grow and evolve into this awesome, awesome clinician. Um, her name is Essence Washington. She's a licensed cl- clinical social worker married with two daughters. She's also the co-owner of This Is Healing LLLP, which is a private practice in Atlanta, Georgia. Essence has over eight years of experience in the mental health field, specialty and passion for maternal mental health, which includes therapy services for the emotional, physiological and social well-being of pregnant women and mothers. So today we're going to talk about a couple different things. We're going to talk about, you know, she wants to focus on maternal mental health. So talking about perinatal, postpartum, mood and anxiety disorders, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety postpartum psychosis, postpartum PTSD, and all can be perinatal too, which is while you're pregnant. She's also gonna tell you about her brand new private practice, this is Healing LLP, and share some of her personal story. So, after we come back from these great ads, you're gonna hear her amazing story. All right, everybody, welcome back to Happy Hour. Like I told you before, today we have a super awesome guest on, Ms. Es- Mrs. Essence Washington. you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everyone. Yes, my name is Essence Washington, um, Mrs. Essence Washington. <laughs> um, I am a licensed clinical social worker here in Atlanta, Georgia. I own a private practice, This Is Healing, LLP. I have been in the mental health field for about eight years, and I have a focus on maternal mental health.
0: Awesome. So tell me about This Is Healing, because I know that's a new venture, and I'm so excited for you. Tell everybody out here about that.
1: So This Is Healing is actually a funny story. Um, I am a co-owner, so I have a partner. And my partner actually has been in the mental health field for about 11 years. We're really good friends. And um, early last year, she approached me and she was like, you want to do your own case management? And I'm like, what? I don't want to do case management. I do this here in the hospital. (laughs) Um, I'm not interested in that. Um, But... Slowly I started to think about it and I was like, well, we can make it into whatever we wanted to make it into. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just got together and just started collaborating and seeing what we really wanted to do within the mental health field. And we both are really interested in individual therapy, group therapy, and just a lot of things in the community. So we decided to just open up a private practice, um, which we began in January and we started opening to see clients in May. So um, it's a slow start, but it's good. It's teaching me a lot about the mental health field and being a business owner. So I'm appreciating the process altogether. Awesome. Okay. And so what are your, what is your focus at?
0: Uh, This is healing. So in case anybody's looking for, you know, you don't know.
1: So primarily, of course, maternal mental health, which is Focus with women, mothers. Um, and I hate to say just mothers because we do have women who have lost children, mm-hmm. which is also a part of maternal mental health. Um, but I also focus on women's issues, um, as well as depression, mood disorders, and substance abuse. And I provide individual therapy as well as group therapy. But my group therapy is primarily focused on first time moms and moms who are suffering from postpartum depression or any perinatal mood and anxiety disorder.
0: Okay. And then I know you also have something once a month on a Saturday, right? That I haven't been able to make it to, but I will be coming eventually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So we host um, this thing called Her Saturdays, which is healing, empowerment, and relaxation. And it's primarily for women. And every month we have a different theme, but it's really just to get the community involved in mental health and kind of get people to come out and understand the dynamics of mental health and just give them an opportunity to um, indulge in other people's company and just kind of see and learn more about mental health. So um, like this month we did women's empowerment, but next month we're doing health and wellness. So we're going to have somebody come out and do a yoga class and um, another person come out and talk about transitioning to a healthier lifestyle so that sounds awesome
0: alright so tell me what is maternal mental health because that's something um, I mean I, I understand it's for mothers and stuff but just explain that a little bit more for people out there that you know might not know
1: so maternal mental health is specific to of course mothers or any woman who has birthed a child, been pregnant um, or of course is like adopted mother or any person who of course is a parent at this point um, that's dealing with a mental health issue. And it's not specific to just postpartum depression because a lot of people think, okay, maternal mental health, postpartum depression, we're really switching over to perinatal, which covers both the pregnancy period and after the pregnancy period, which is typically called the postpartum. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think just depression, but there's also anxiety. There's also postpartum psychosis. There's also postpartum bipolar. So, there's a lot of different um, areas in which we focus in, but maternal mental health typically focuses on mental health issues related to your mothering. So, if, for example, you might have had depression before you became a mom, but if you become depressed once you get pregnant or have a baby, then it's focused more on maternal mental health than just mental health. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into that specialty? Oh. So um I really honestly before I had kids, which I'm a mother of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Beautiful, beautiful little girls. little girls, thank you. Um, honestly, before I had kids, I knew I wanted to work with women. Um, working in the psych hospital, which of course that was my first job right out of undergrad. And I didn't Can know you what stay I wanted forever. Yes, eight years. <laughs> a long time. Um I didn't know what I wanted to do, honestly, with my career. And when I started working there, I worked on the female adult unit. And I knew then I wanted to work with women. But I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it. My undergrad is in psychology. So I kind of like got the degree thinking, okay, I'm going to do something with it. But I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. And I landed that job. And I just kind of felt, found myself falling into that position and falling into a love for working with women. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until... I'll probably say after I got my master's, so maybe about, not after I got my master's, while I was getting my master's, about three or four years into working at the psych hospital. Um, I honestly wanted to change careers. So I was I've like, been gonna go to school to be a nurse. And um, I'm <clears> gonna <throat> deliver babies because I wanna work with women so much. A lot of these women that come in here have a lot of issues related to parenting. So I'm gonna go deliver babies. Went to school, took up classes, and was like, uh, no, this is not for me. <laughs> I'm not going back to school. I can find a way to use my degree to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So then I had a, my first daughter, and I wouldn't say, I'm not going to necessarily say I had postpartum depression because I did not see a doctor um, and I was not diagnosed, but because I am a therapist and I know the signs and symptoms and looking back on it now, I definitely was experienced a level of postpartum depression um, and the intensity of it. And the I was really honestly not expecting it. Um, and once I had my daughter, it was just like women were drawn to me when it came to mothering. Mm-hmm. Um, And I just fell in love with working with mothers. Like It was just something about that population. And it was just something about the need because I didn't talk to people and I didn't feel I could talk to anybody because you see people, when they have kids, you see them, you see what they allow you to see. Mm -hmm. So you don't see what they're doing at home, what they're experiencing, what they're feeling until you actually are in that position (laughs) or you meet somebody that's in that position. And so it definitely was something that just kind of came and I just say it was my purpose. <laughs> um, yeah. And it found me and I love it. And I just, I don't know, I can't even put it into words at this point because it's just something that I truly love and I'm truly impassioned about because there are so many women out there suffering from different things related to maternal mental health and they're not getting the help that they need because they think that other moms are not experiencing it
0: yeah no I agree and like I like I said um I've heard of postpartum depression like even before I was a clinician I've heard of it you know but as far as I heard you say like um psychosis and bipolar and like anxiety and things like that those are things that maybe aren't as heard of so often so can you explain that a little more
1: Yes. So psychosis, of course, if you know what regular psychosis is, um, which is typically a mental break. So you have the paranoia, you have the um oh lord, I'm the voices. uh, Delusions, (laughs) delusions, (laughs) delusions, voices. I'm drawing a whole blank. But um typically for postpartum psychosis, it happens about two weeks, within two weeks of delivering the baby. Typically, it's within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and because most of the symptoms related to um, mental health and kind of mental health is due to our hormones. So, you know, when you deliver a baby, um, your hormones drop completely. And typically for most people, if they don't have a healthy balance, um, and there's no way to determine whether or not you have that healthy balance. Of course, we don't, we can't determine whether or not somebody is mentally stable until they're unstable in certain certain circumstances especially when you're talking about psychosis so typically those features come those symptoms come two to three days after the delivery and so most moms will um have a break and it's really just related to um their hormones and that's Mm -hmm. it's every one in a million don't quote me Mm -hmm. but it's not as common Mm -hmm. as um, postpartum depression and anxiety and typically it's relieved with it with medication so it's not something that they're going to like schizophrenia for example so you can take
0: the medication even if they're like breastfeeding or
1: yes Okay. so I think a lot of people think about the olden days and how some of the medications that we have is like you can't take them when you're pregnant well yeah
0: because I worry about that because I'm on a mood stabilizer and I'm on an antidepressant and I'm like well if I get pregnant I'm just going to have to come off of it and say the pregnancy is unexpected I'm just going to have to automatically come off of it what's going to happen to me am I going to go crazy oh no
1: that's not see that's <laughs> not true so you can take most of the medications honestly you can take um, there's only very few medications that you can't take and honestly those are the older ones Okay. Um, because they're the ones that haven't been some of them have been improved but when you talk about your lithium, like you wouldn't give a pregnant mom a lithium. Oh yeah. Um, but, well, butrin is something that's been more developed um, and is more safe. So it just kind of depends on it. But there's a lot of medications out there that you can take um, and it doesn't affect the child breastfeeding wise or pregnancy wise. Okay. And that's, a lot of people are fearful of that. But Yeah, I'm doesn't. a clinician and I didn't even know that I was fearful of that. But the thing about it is people don't so you have maternal mental health psychiatrists uh-huh. and so when you're in that situation we oh, need to, go to know people how to prescribe that, yes exactly because you can't just go to every psychiatrist I just put it that way sometimes Period. some psychiatrists <laughs> um, are more focused on the wrong thing um, and so and they don't pay attention to some of those health issues or mm-hmm. I mean not that pregnancy is a health issue but it's health related and if somebody isn't up to date on those things for that particular health thing then of course they're not going to give you what you need so yeah um I actually didn't know there was such thing as maternal mental health psychiatrist until I went to a conference on um, a postpartum conference in Macon earlier this year and there was one who spoke about all of the medications that you can take and what's safe and what's not safe and yeah I was of...
0: today years old when I found out <laughs>
1: Yeah, so
0: <laughs> that's great that they have that, though.
1: Yeah, I mean it's really cool. I honestly, I did not know how many people were in this field and um, how many people like cater to postpartum until I went to a conference and was like, "Whoa!" Like we mm-hmm. got these, dudes, we got these massage therapists that are specifically for postpartum. Um, it's just, it's just interesting how. Um, there are people out there, but we don't necessarily know that they're out there until you end up in a situation like this. Yeah.
0: So what other. Um, so that was the postpartum psychosis. What yeah. about po- postpartum bipolar? Or I can imagine for some people, I feel like for me would be a traumatic experience. Maybe like if you had a bad you know, labor or had a C-section, like because you get, you know,
1: have some trauma after that and things like that. Which is another thing, postpartum PTSD is a a thing too. Um, But postpartum bipolar, now that is very difficult to diagnose Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very rare that people will diagnose it because a lot of times you can't say whether or not it's related to the postpartum if you don't know the background history of the person because some people already have bipolar and are undiagnosed and then they have a child and then the symptoms become more severe Mm -hmm. yeah, and then you're like oh okay you're bipolar but you're not you might not be postpartum bipolar it's just bipolar because that was what you were before you had your child Mm -hmm. you know so
0: um, or even if you're like a young female because that's when your symptoms start you know like in your early 20s start developing anyway what if you're you know that age and you get pregnant so then you wouldn't know if it was you know pre or post
1: exactly so it's very hard to diagnose we do have a scale that you can use that kind of helps a little bit to narrow it down but honestly most people that I know that have diagnosed um, postpartum bipolar before they've seen more than one person to make sure um, yeah I can that imagine was- that's
0: hard to diagnose it's just even your hormones are already all over the place so it could it could seem like mania or depressive or depressive state, you know, exactly. and not be exactly. That's interesting.
1: So um, that's, but you know, it it, it happens. So I'm not going to say it never will happen, but it's very rare. Most of the time, people will. Um, go with postpartum depression first mm-hmm. and then once there are like symptoms because postpartum is that first year after you have the child so anybody can develop postpartum depression postpartum anxiety anytime within once you have that child in a year now psychosis mm-hmm. that's very rare that that will happen with psychosis um, typically that's within the first couple of days um, so what about I- with
0: postpartum bipolar disorder Is how long does that last or how long does any of it last
1: honestly, once you hit that year mark, then it will be considered a regular depression or a regular bipolar. So if you're not getting better or you're not treated within that first year, then anybody that you see after that first year is going to tell you you have depression. They're not going to say it's postpartum depression. They might go back and say, okay well it probably was postpartum depression but at this point we consider it depression because postpartum is a very um, short period of Mm -hmm. time Um, and that's what they confine it to but honestly I feel like once you have postpartum depression it's postpartum depression to be quite honest if that's your your onset and that's where you have your issues at as it relates to being a mother I'm always going to consider it that now of course everybody might not consider it that way but that's how I look at it um because that was your trigger and that's what started it and that was your initiation of it. And typically that's what's keeping you in it. Mm-hmm. So, but What about the, yeah, sorry. Okay. I was going to say now everybody doesn't look at it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so the postpartum, you said PTSD.
1: Yes. And of course that's anything related to the trauma within your pregnancy or your delivery. So typically in- and honestly, a lot of people have postpartum PTSD, and they don't know. Yeah. Pregnancy in the United States, and I don't want to say, um, because it's different for every culture, and it's very, I don't know, I don't want to get too deep into that, but for Black people in particular, they have a lot more traumatic pregnancies and deliveries than any other um race or ethnicity in the United States Um, so typically they are the people that experience postpartum PTSD because most of them are forced into c-sections prior to them actually needing one Um, why is that well honestly (laughs) that's just the way of the United States wow um I actually read up on a case there was a black woman in in New York. She was in one of the best hospitals in New York. I can't remember the name of it right now. But um, she had a C-section. There was, she had, of course, her um, catheter in. And the husband noticed that there was blood in her urine. Mm. And he went and told the nurse. Mm. Hour went by. Couple more hours went by. Oh no. He went back out and he was like, you know, nobody's coming. Is anybody gonna come see my wife? More hours went by. It wasn't until ten hours later. Oh no. That they actually came in to check on her. And by that time, she was telling her husband. When they were leaving, there was blood everywhere. Oh, when they god. were leaving, the wife literally told her husband, like, I love you. Like she was saying her goodbyes because at that point oh, she knew Lord. she was gonna die. And they opened her up on that table and her stomach was full of blood. Oh my god. Um, and at that point they couldn't do anything to save her. So she died. But,
0: She She did not. She did not,
1: and it just so happened that she was the daughter of um, a huge politician, or uh, I think it was a politician, or like a judge or lawyer. I can't remember. All them people lost their job. Well, they well, the thing it was, the doctor said to her, "If had I known that you were her daughter, it wouldn't happen like that." (sighs) So that just tells you, yeah, let you be
0: a a poor young person or whatever age poor, not have, you know, you're using you know, state, whatever you don't have your, you know, like and you just are in that predicament and then oh, because you have to be somebody's daughter to get the additional resources or help that's sad, that's sad
1: and it's like, I mean, in the healthcare world, of course in the United States, it's it's a money game you know, and they they like us to be sick, (laughs) they like us to be in trouble because they're getting money from us, and I tell people all the time, just like putting your children on Medicaid. Like, don't put. I, I choose not to put my kid on Medicaid, even though you some people don't have that option. Mm-hmm. But when you go to certain pediatrician offices, oh yeah, if they'll you treat Medicaid, you differently. Yeah, if you have yeah. Medicaid versus Aetna, and they have different freezers for their medications That's for a Medicaid child versus a child that has private insurance. So. um, it's just very crazy how they treat you well so like that, even
0: with medicaid you can't even go to a psych hospital exactly you have to go to a csu or a bhcc or something and and wait on a bed or get a state contract bed with straight medicaid unless you got a group or peach state or something you can't even go you you know go to the the psych hospital when
1: you need help exactly exactly so um typically with i will getting back to our topic but <laughs> typically with the birth of um pregnancies for people of color Um, they typically have more issues so a lot of times they have a lot more trauma because they're forced into c-sections and typically it's the c-section route because that's very traumatic you don't get to hold your child after you have a c-section you don't get to um, breastfeed your child immediately your child goes straight into um not the NICU but the nursery in the hospital so it's it's it can be traumatic, especially just the experience within itself. And of course, if you're not recovering well, that's a whole nother issue within itself. Yeah. So, um, typically, that's where you see a lot of the trauma. And then of course, if a woman has a difficult pregnancy, yeah. um, that could be traumatic. Because My cousin
0: the- had a really difficult one. Like her last two, she has four kids. Her last two, like her third one, she was sick. But then her fourth one, like she was so sick, like she lost so much weight, she couldn't keep food. and I forgot what it's something with her thyroid or something. I think I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I know she was so sick, and you know, just because of that, that was traumatic for her. And She was like, because they have four girls, she was like, oh, I definitely ain't. You know, I'd be scared to try again because of that. Yeah. I was so sick.
1: I mean, people, it's traumatizing just within miscarriages. You know, yeah. like people having stillborn um, stillbirths. It's just. There's a lot of trauma as it relates to pregnancy, and people don't talk about that because a lot of people experience it. It's just traumatic within itself <laughs> to um, to, to push out something that big,
0: exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: yes, yes. Especially I'll, I'll, if you don't have. I'm the proper scared even care. thinking
0: about it. I want to be a parent. I'm excited when it does happen, but I'm I'm already scared. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, so listen, I can only I imagine.
1: Scared. I was scared when I got before I um. I don't even know before I got married I I didn't want to have kids because I was like I'm not carrying no baby in my stomach for nine months I'm not pushing no baby out of my vagina like no I actually was one of those people that said I would rather have a c-section because I don't want to push a baby you know what I be saying that sometimes Like, just give me a (laughs) c-section but it's so much more traumatic and the recovery is so much more worse but honestly c-sections in my opinion not everybody's going to agree with this C sections are used more because they don't allow us to do everything that we need to do in order to birth the baby. Mm-hmm. So typically, when you go into a hospital, they want you to lay on a bed. They don't want you to walk around. They want you to push that baby out on your back when naturally it shows us that we. You're should standing
0: be- up, right? Yes.
1: To yeah. deliver your child. So, and imagine if people actually were allowed to do those things the likelihood that they were able to actually birth that child and walk that baby out and be able to push it naturally will be more likely versus making them. I was in labor for 21
0: oh, Jesus.
1: hours with oh. my first daughter and 16 hours of oh. my second child. Now, first... See, I'm already experiencing trauma <laughs> and I ain't even had one yet. I'm, I'm vicarious. Yeah. But my first daughter, you know, I, I didn't have a choice but to sit down because she had a low heart rate. So they had to keep mm-hmm. her on the monitor. But my second child, I had, I mean, I could have stood up. I could have walked around. She didn't have to be on there, but the hospital didn't allow it. And unless I had somebody to speak on my behalf there, which at that time, I didn't even know that was possible. What um, what would that be? Like if you have a doula, somebody that's more educated about what the hospital limitations are and what you can and can't do, they can tell you and speak on your behalf. Like I have a friend. Um whose baby i'm actually babysitting right now um she had a doula and she had the, the doula went to the hospital with her of course yeah. and told the doctor like i need you to write an order for her to be able to walk yeah it's like you literally have to have an order for her to be able but to walk.
0: i thought you're supposed to walk and like bounce on that ball or something ain't it supposed to help
1: it depends on what kind of hospital you're at though oh wow
0: so, so what do you-, you
1: so what do you do you like what are your what is your stance on like water births or what do you think about them I honestly wanted to have a water birth and I'm not opposed to them. However, my thing is um the complications. That's okay. the fear. You know what I'm saying? So people naturally we've been doing this for years way before there was hospitals, way before they, there was these specialized doctors when mm-hmm. we were giving birth. And yes, that was true. However, as we have improved and we have grown like things around us have improved and have grown too and the likelihood because of the things that we put in our body even for example the things we put in our body now in comparison to what they put in their body then is completely different so the likelihood of you having complications is more likely now because of all of the outside factors than it was back then and so Mm -hmm. that is my thing with water versus light and I have a friend that actually gave birth to her daughter in the water and has not been to the hospital yet and her daughter is going to be a year in August. So, what? <laughs> yeah and so and they're perfectly fine. They're both very healthy and perfectly fine so I'm not completely opposed to it. I honestly would love to try it but for me personally I would want to have a nurse or somebody there not just a doula. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, and not just myself. So some people do that like you can. They just well, Don't they have, have like birth centers where you could go and like we'll do a water birth yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. you can do that some birthing centers have that my my friend actually did it at home as <laughs> okay. an example but there are some people that do go to birthing centers that have that but even with the birthing centers depending on what type of birthing center it is they might not even have um a medical professional there
0: Okay. help
1: you know it could just be doers it might not be somebody that's there to actually not an OBGYN because a lot of people are using midwives which midwives are great too because they know all of the medical parts of it, they're just not a doctor yeah which okay. most birth centers will have midwives
0: gotcha so cool. i know something else you wanted to talk did you already talk about your story
1: um how- <laughs> a little bit but So, I don't know how many people actually follow me or on social media, but um, I have kind of catered my social media to tell my story and tell my experiences as it relates to motherhood Mm -hmm. and what led me to here. I mean, I spoke shortly about how um, I myself personally was depressed after I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I tell people this all the time like, when I got pregnant. I was very fearful I had a miscarriage um maybe a few years before I had my daughter um and this was before I got married too and I spent my entire pregnancy anxious um Mm -hmm. just I can imagine if you've been through one yeah just worried about the next doctor's visit because how I found out I had a miscarriage is I went to a doctor's visit to check my child Mm -hmm. and there was no heartbeat. So, of course, for me, it was like every time I went to the the doctor's office, I'm like, is there a heartbeat? Can we just look at her, please? Because they don't do ultrasounds for every visit now. They only do it once, typically, um, in the beginning. And then some, well, they do it for sure, for sure, when you're trying to find out the gender. Um, which is around that 20 week mark. But typically most places don't do but one or two ultrasounds now. So Mm -hmm. of course that makes you more anxious because you don't actually get to see the baby. You're just hearing the heartbeat and hoping that everything is okay until the next month. Um, And so I spent a lot of my pregnancy very anxious just about being pregnant and making sure that I was able to carry the baby to full term even to the point where when I was like ready to deliver her I was still like, I'm hoping she don't come out dead. Like, And mm-hmm. that's a natural fear for me. Um, and I'm a very, very, I tell people all the time, I'm a very anxious mother. I'm pretty sure if I went to go see a psychiatrist, they would probably tell me I have postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because I'm very just anxious when it comes to my kids. Not in every area of my life, but just when it comes to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when I had my daughter, that, of course, was traumatic because she had a very low heart rate. Um, they hooked her up to monitor, so, of course, I couldn't move. I was in labor with her for... 21 hours. My water broke um at like five o'clock in the morning. And I literally sat in the bed for maybe 19 hours before they decided, okay, we gotta give you something because if you don't have her within 24 hours, we're gonna have to do a C-section because she needs to be out. Mm -hmm. Um so that of course was a whole nother thing, and Lord, I got an epidural and I had it in for so long, and they, it went out and they had to change it. Went it went out. Oh. they. The thing was, they changed it, and I kept telling the lady, and the, the nurse was like, I don't feel it anymore. Like, my leg is starting, to, I'm starting to get some more feelings in my leg. Oh. Starting, oh, no, it's just switching up. And they were like, oh, it's time to push. And I'm like, hold on, wait. Like, I. So you like, basically it, had a natural <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, oh. Yes. And that within itself was experience. And I'm just thankful to God that everything was smooth. My daughter, she came. I actually um, went into labor with her prior to 36 weeks, which is not considered full term. Um, but luckily, she did not have to go to the NICU. Um, she was perfectly fine. So that was great. But honestly, once I brought my daughter home, I just went into this shell. Um, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be away from her within like an hour or so. Um, and my excuse for my husband all the time was like, I'm breastfeeding. Like, I don't want to go too far because I don't want to have to pump. But mm-hmm. the reality was, is I didn't want to leave my child. I yeah. didn't want to socialize with other people. I didn't want to be around other people. I just wanted to sit there. And even sometimes with my daughter, it wasn't like I was sitting there spending time with her. It was just that I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, You know, and I spent a lot of just time being miserable with my situation. Although I was very thankful for the baby that I brought into the world. I was very thankful for my life and my husband. I just was not happy with, I couldn't say with the situation. I just wasn't happy with myself. Uh-huh. Um, and, it, and I got pregnant again <laughs> um, right after a year of having my daughter was right at her 13 months um and that just sent me down into another spiral because Uh at that point I was like I'm already overwhelmed and now I'm about to have another child and then it's very sad to say out loud and I hate to tell people that because I feel like people judge you when you say it which is why most mothers um don't say anything or seek help but I didn't want to have my second child
0: uh-huh. And
1: I spent a lot of time very, very angry at the fact that I was pregnant. Yeah. Um. And then when I found out it was a girl, I'm not even gonna lie, <laughs> I was upset even more because I was like, I already have a girl. I wanted a boy the first time. Um. And these these little thoughts in your head that you don't want to tell other people. That's why yeah. I Never went to psychiatrist because I didn't want to be tell somebody judged. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to tell somebody, I don't want to be, I don't want to have this child, you know, I don't feel like I have a connection with this child, um, and, that's your know, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was about to say, God has a funny way of working things out, because Cause Nia, Nia looked just like child, her daddy, <laughs> mm-hmm, my first child looked just like her father, and my second child came out, into twin. and I tell people all the time, they act like who they look like, and, when I had, it was probably towards the end of my pregnancy with her, I started to kind of like, be like, Essence, you need to get your shit together. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I don't know if I can curse. You did. <laughs> um, I was like, you need to get your shit together. And I decided then, it was probably right around her seventh, eighth month before I was about to get, go um, have her and go into labor. But um, I decided I was just going to do things differently. And I literally started planning what I was doing after I had her, okay. like I had already reached out to friends and was like, "I want to do this. Can we hang out then? Can we do this?" Because I was like, I have to get out of this house. Some I have to do something for messing. myself. That same, yes, um, yeah. And that's what I just started, like slowly trying to like get myself and pull myself out of that funk. Um, mm-hmm. And some days I still get in it because it's life, and, and having kids is like something you can never prepare for in this <laughs> world. Um, but even now, like, the anxiety, and like I said, God has a funny way of working because my husband is very level-headed in comparison to me. So, something small could happen, and I'm like, my anxiety is, like, through the roof. I will, like, full-blown panic attack. My daughter actually fell maybe, like, two or three months ago, um, and for a week, I was literally dreaming about her fall. Um, oh, wow. And I remember when she fell... I was like to the point of like crying, panic attack, and I couldn't, like I couldn't even control of myself. And my husband was like, "You really need to calm down." But I've, <laughs> never, experienced, I've never experienced anything like that before until it was related to it my. It happened, kids. yeah. So that's interesting. That, yeah, that's that's a part of that postpartum anxiety though that nobody talks about. Yeah, is people are naturally anxious, and we use anxious frequently yeah a lot for, like, of the time. Yeah. yeah for feelings so you don't never, you don't necessarily think like anxiety even though there's people out here that have generalized anxiety disorder you don't think to diagnose it as yeah. often as you do with depression and bipolar and other mental health diagnoses so um I honestly didn't know that anxiety like postpartum anxiety was something I was experiencing until I went to the conference and I was like oh postpartum anxiety is a thing I didn't even know that
0: was a thing. Me Um, either. That's what I'm saying. You taught me a whole bunch of stuff today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but honestly, just within that whole story, that's kind of what led me to where I'm at at this very point, Um, because there are just a lot of moms out there that are doing the same exact thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I had not I'm doing now but was doing so Mm -hmm. and I really want to them to know and see that there's other people experiencing these things there's people out there that are there and are catered to help them in particular
0: yeah I think that's like the great the fact that you do specialize in that because like like I said before you know I even reached out to you and started talking about it and even listening today didn't know a lot of things like of course I've heard of postpartum depression I think everybody has heard of that but the additional um, diagnoses I didn't know about and the fact that I know you said you went to the conference and you saw a whole bunch of people that specialize in this but honestly you're the first person that I've heard of that specializes in that so for somebody you know whoever's listening to this podcast or people that follow you and things like that um realize oh there's somebody out here and you know I was struggling with this but I was afraid to go I didn't want somebody to maybe think I was a bad mother or I didn't love my child or that my child would get taken away
1: because I'm feeling like this
0: and to know that there's somebody out there that understands and can help them you know through that that's that's awesome
1: yes yes it is um... so no go ahead
0: (laughs) no go ahead (laughs)
1: No, it's fine.
0: I'm fine. <laughs> I I, say,
1: if you let me, I'll talk and talk and talk and talk. And talk.
0: No, I was just gonna <laughs> say, was there anything else you wanted to share? And then I want you to give your social media handles and like information for um this is Hillen in case anybody that's listening wants to reach out.
1: Oh yes, yeah. so I have a lot of things. I do a lot of things. Um I'm in the community a lot and I don't get paid for half the shit I do, but um, listen, I love to do it. <laughs> um but one thing that was birthed from me before this is healing was Mommy Talk Tuesday. Yeah, that's um, so right. That is the Instagram name, Mommy with the Y Talk Tuesday. No um, periods, no spaces, none of that. Um, and that's something that I do with a good friend of mine, Whitney. Whitney. She's, also, <laughs> she's also in the midst of her field as well. Um, and and we, she also has a podcast,
0: His and Hers.
1: Yes, His and Hers podcast. She has a blog too, Whitney J Speaks um and we actually met working in the hospital and she was pregnant the same time as me we were about three months apart with my when I was pregnant with my first child um and that was kind of how we developed a friendship because I know of course you know my husband she knew my husband I didn't necessarily know either one of y'all I just knew the yeah. same <laughs> building um and I was introduced to her a while ago, and then when we got pregnant, it was like right around the time that I was about to tell people I was pregnant. And I remember- but isn't that a blessing that you have money to go through, yes. go through that way? Yes. Yes, no. though. Because, I mean, honestly, you need somebody else there in your corner when you're pregnant, in expect- another woman, um, because men don't understand what you're going through <laughs> and what the experience is. And don't get me wrong now. I didn't even talk about this, but men can be diagnosed with postpartum depression as well. Um, And that's a whole other area. But most of that stuff, like everything that I said, could apply to a man as well. Um, Yeah. So it's very rarely diagnosed. And a lot of times men don't seek help. But oftentimes the people that I've talked to that are more experienced, typically men don't notice it until later on after Mm -hmm. they've supported the woman through it. So, yeah, because
0: they were trying to be strong
1: for the woman. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to Whitney and my. We came <laughs> up with, we. I was doing like video um, things for my personal blog, which I also have. I'll get to that too. And I we wanted to do this thing on Mommy Guilt. And we did a video on it because we both felt like, you know, Mommy Guilt is a thing. And we both experienced it. And that just birthed Mommy Tattoos Day. Where we go on every Tuesday, IG Live, and we discuss different topics. Um, anything related to parenting, disciplining your child versus um, how you start dating after you have a kid, or your difference in sexual experiences, or um, mental health, self care, everything related to being a mom, um, but also just being who you are as a woman. Because one thing that people don't realize is once you become a mom, like, You get so focused on being a mom that you forget who you are. Um, and that's one thing about Mommy Talk Tuesday that I appreciate is that it shows who me and Whitney are outside of just being a mom. Um yeah, and we do talk mom-related stuff, but we also talk just girl talk too. Um and it's good to have other moms engage and experience um the different levels of parenting because we have people that tune in that have 12 year olds and 18 year olds versus we only have a three year old and I have a one year old. So, yeah, um, it's just a good area to feel supported. We do giveaways, we have Mom of the Month um, every month, and that person gets a $5 gift card to a food place of their choice. Um, so, that's Mommy Talk Tuesday. And then I have a blog at Black Woman Hills and that's Womb Man. Hills Um, and that is the website too Black Women Hills and that blog was kind of again birthed around um, and I've always been a blogger and I've tried to dip and dab in different things Um, and so a long long time ago I used to blog just about Christianity and religion Um, and then I slowly transitioned to women and this one is not necessarily related to being a mother but it's just the birth of becoming a woman um and black woman heals means a couple different things for me so for me some people look at it as black woman heals me being the black woman healing other people um versus black woman heals is like you healing yourself um through the blog that you read and it's different things isn't about different things everything woman related um some of it is personal stories some of it is very educational like I definitely did the research for it um but it's just something that I kind of use to get my thoughts out as it relates to being a woman okay and that's that and then my personal page is her.healing and like I said I share my personal story throughout that page just about becoming a mom and how to manage being a mom and everything related to maternal mental health. And then I also am on the board of directors for a nonprofit called Ellen Cares, um, which we um, provide funding for African American youth to go to college. Um, we actually have a back to school drive coming up July 28th, but that's Instagram name is Ellen Cares, Um, I-N-C. What else? I think that's it.
0: This is Healing. No, you forgot This is Healing. Oh,
1: This is Healing. My baby. What? Um, (laughs) And then, of course, I have This is Healing, which is my private practice, which um, I do with my partner, and that one is This underscore is underscore Healing, and that, of course, we share things related to our events we have a lot of different things related to just mental health in general Um, we post so people who come to our events and share other entrepreneur things that they do we will post their information there as well so we use it as a plug for other people that want to get their information out of there um out there sorry and I think I think that's it (laughs) that's a lot girl so
0: Okay, Um, well, was there anything else you wanted to tell the audience before we ended today's
1: episode? I just want to tell all the moms out there um, that if you feel like you need help, even if you don't feel like you need help, it's just important to talk to someone after you have a child, while you're pregnant. Um, It doesn't mean that you have to have a diagnosis. It doesn't mean that you have to be mentally ill. It just means that you are taking care of yourself, Um, our bodies, naturally, naturally can do this thing but the honest God truth is that you need a tribe in order to get you through it and That's so right. I'm always just encouraging people know nothing will happen to your child and I, I want to say this because I know I'm trying to wrap it up but I do want to put it out there that just because a mom expresses that she's depressed that she's having some kind of Um, mental health issues that does not mean that puts your child in a situation in which that child will be taken away from you and a lot of people will not tell the truth about it because they're scared that their child is going to be taken away Um, and that is not true of course if you're a danger to yourself or your child that's a different situation Um, if you're of course threatening to hurt your child Um, but other Mm -hmm. than that there is no way that they could take your child legally um for expressing anything related to your mental health um, so i just want that to be out there because a lot of people are very feel filth- that's the number one reason why most people don't tell is because they're scared of what's going to happen to their child the second reason being they're just scared of the judgment that comes with it and i just want people to know that there's people out there that are here for you and we're all here for you and i didn't put my um website address for this is healing is okay. com. so that's three l's um and on that website there's more information just about the business It had all of our events on there it has how you can reach me and schedule a session if you want to schedule a session um or attend any of the groups my partner does women's empowerment too so there's a lot of different options out there um, and we see men, too. So for the man that's listening, we see men, too. <laughs> um, especially if there's any dads out there that feel like they're experiencing postpartum. Um, I'm here for that, too. Anything related to just maternal. I say maternal, but I guess it's paternal, maternal, maternal as well. <laughs> that's, I think that's it. That's it.
0: All right. Well, Essence, thank you so much for coming on and teaching me, for sure, and my audience some new information and providing some resources for maybe some moms or dads out there that are experiencing this and didn't know or didn't understand just you know better information so I appreciate that um so my happy hour listeners thank you for tuning in I will chat with you next week peace out
1: all right bye Bye. (laughs) thank you no problem
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Happy Hour. Be sure to go follow me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. You can check out my IG at Happy Hour with Ashley, or you can even check out my website, www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. Thanks for joining the Happy Hour. If you want to be a supporter of this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, click the link under the details or go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And once you're there, you can choose to become a supporter with 99 cent a month 4.99 99 a month or 9.99 a month. Again, thank you for joining happy hour. Remember to like share subscribe and make sure you listen. Thank you.